the Yak Babies. Sex, Presidents, and Sometimes Books. Welcome to Yak Babies, only podcast on the internet sponsored by Mercury Poisoning, Insanity for Gentlemen. I'm your here with personal pals, Brick. Hello. Dave. Hello, boys. Yes. And no longer old, or no longer Irish, but still old, old Nico. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> is this, this is the first episode of Yak Baby season five, right? Or six? I think we're in season six. Season six. So we, welcome to the new season. Theme song or something. Oh, yeah. Season six of Yak Babies. And we're going to kick it off with our usual order reading situation. It's been a while since I've heard what these personal pals are reading. So I want to go through and see what's on their reading list. Okay, we'll start with Dave. Dave, what have you been reading lately? Well, I opened up my list of books read, and I guess I haven't finished anything since March, <laughs> which I wasn't aware of. Uh, so the last book I finished was There, There by Tommy Orange, which uh-huh. I believe we're going to talk about at some point. Yes, yep. an upcoming can or can entry. Yeah, I really enjoyed it, but I guess I'll save it. Or after we landed on the road, but there was going to be about... I don't know, a two-month lag, I picked up. I'd never read Cormac McCarthy, so uh, started Blood Meridian. Boy, that's a that's a tough... I mean, you need to pay close <laughs> attention to that book to be able to follow it. And I was... I also started Blood Meridian yeah. and then realized we were about to read The Road and just dropped Blood Meridian yeah. because it was so thorny. It's <laughs> yeah, like it's... The Road times 10. Yeah, I mean, stylistically, it's it's... A lot of it is uh, lovely, but like, man, it's not a book you can just like sit down and read a couple of pages of and then put down yeah. and then come back to. It's like it's it needs pretty intense focus if you're going to get out of it what you yeah. should get out of it. So it's, it's on hold for now. There's also I mean, we can dig into it a little bit more on the road, but there's there's parts in Blood Meridian. So, so he does that thing where there's a list of everything that happens in the chapter mm-hmm. in the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's like gunfight at the hotel escape you know blah 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 and there was one chapter where he like meets a guy and it's like he meets a uh, toad vine and i was like that was fucking toad vine and i had to look back at the at the par- passage there's yeah. absolutely no <laughs> yeah. no indication that it's toad vine it's just like he saw a man on the road and he said hello that's it and then you're supposed to fucking know that it's toad vine yeah <laughs> That kind of shit is all over the place. Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> so when you say hard to read, you mean like in terms of handholds, there's not a lot of like, he's not giving you a lot of uh, uh, guidance through the novel. Yeah, that like and, you know, if if you want to fully know what's going on, you have to look up every fourth word. Mm, gotcha. <laughs> uh, and that's going to slow you down. Too. That's either going to slow you down immensely or you're just going to skip over those words and, you know, then like you're not right. really reading. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so how far did you get into it? Maybe 85, 90 pages. Okay. I would say about a third sure. of yeah. the way, if not a quarter. But it took fucking forever just to get there. And if you asked me to summarize what I've read so far, it would be a struggle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like the first section of Under the Volcano, but an entire novel. Yeah, that's kind of, that's not bad. Yeah. Maybe even more difficult. As far as just like knowing what the hell is going on and what he's talking about. So then I read The Road, which we'll talk about soon. And now I'm about uh, maybe 20% of the way into Sally Rooney's first book, which is called Conversations with Friends. Who did someone just say, oh boy? Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, how'd you like it? Have you read this one? No, I read uh, Normal People when that was big. Mm. Oh, yeah, for your club. How And you didn't care for that? Nobody liked it. Ah. <laughs> no. People were like, yeah, this this reads like somebody's journal and like it sounds like an Irish person, but there's not. It's a, it sounds like a normal Irish person's like, you know, conversations and grammar and stuff, but like there's nothing special about it. Yeah. Right. There's no reason for it to be as enormous as it was. <laughs> yeah. I sent you guys the opening line, which um, I'll, I'll reread oh, that again was here. Oh. Yeah, that's from this book. And it's like made to turn me off immediately. Bobby and I first met Melissa at a poetry night in town where we were performing together. I mean, <laughs> you know, we've beaten that horse into the ground. But I kept reading anyway, and I'm into it. I, I don't know if I talked about this book or if any of you guys have read it. It's called a novel called The Idiot by, uh, I don't know how to pronounce her name, but Leif Batuman, maybe? Batuman? Okay, yeah. Whose sequel just came out called Either Or or Either Or. It's it's similar to that book in a lot of ways, um, but not equal to that book. That's a fun novel, by the way, The Idiot, Okay, that some of you guys might like and um, <laughs> one of you will not. <laughs> you, can, yeah, you can make your guesses. Yeah. Aaron's always shitting on everything. Yeah. I, I like Both it so far. Both those books are copying very famous titles of books, right? Oh, sorry, Dave. Which this one too? Well, the idiot, the idiot, and either or are both like famous oh. works. Yeah, the idiot is Dostoevsky, and either or is Kierkegaard. Those are interesting. Is interesting. Yeah, titling convention. Anyway, carry on. Plagiarize them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Plagiarize them. <laughs> Plagiarize <them>, boys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I just got. I didn't get it yet, but I just uh, requested an advanced copy of Saunders' new story collection, so I'm mostly excited for that oh, to nice. come. Nice. That's awesome. So, Dave, why did you pick out the Sally Rooney book? That was not a book I would normally think would be on your reading list. What inspired that choice? You know, she's become such a, a sensation, I guess. Yeah. I figured I'll give it a look. See what all the kids are talking about. But you went back to the first Yeah, I mean, uh, there's only three, so... <laughs> <laughs> right yeah oh. so <laughs> i like the uh i like the psychology here dave's like i haven't finished a book in three months <laughs> i don't know if i'm gonna like this author but i'm gonna go back to the beginning of their career and read the whole thing <laughs> well i was Sorry, fresh off that. my success at actually finishing the road so <laughs> i figured i would use that oh, moment. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I'll keep reading. I'll but I'll you know save my whole thing for when I finish it. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to more of that. Kathleen read her new book and said that it's just like a. It's basically normal people with a writer who gets really famous and like hates being famous. And (laughs) apparently, she's also a Marxist. So yeah, that it's like the equivalent of like the the band's second album where the first album is like their good songs and the second album is about how it's tough to go on the road. Right. Yeah. yeah it's like, <laughs> clearly you wrote this on the tour bus. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Missing home and wanting to be like back with your whatever. Excellent. Brick. What about you? All right. So I finished one book. Nice. Good job. Started a bunch, but I only finished one. And, and that is the, the plot road. against America by oh. Philip Roth. Oh yeah. Uh, which is horribly depressing. Yeah. I mean, it's good. It's so it's an alternate history 
where FDR loses re-election to Charles Lindbergh. Yeah. And then Lindbergh basically opens the gates to out and proud anti-Semitism in America a little at a time. Essentially brokers a non-aggression treaty with the Nazis uh, and, and the America first kind of policies yeah. are played out through the through the rest of the world war um <laughs> cuts a little close to the bone based on the last few years I'll, I'll spoil the book i guess i mean in the end you find out that the Lindbergh baby was essentially not essentially was ki- was kidnapped by nazis yeah and raised in germany and so basically they had blackmail over Lindbergh, which is a that's the twist it's not really a twist. It's just it's it's revealed at the end. I don't uh, think it. I don't think it fu- functionally matters besides adding some hmm. adding some context to it. Yeah, I would like that as a premise. It's like, and then part of it's from Lindbergh's perspective, and like he has to be a Nazi, and he doesn't want to be. No, I don't. I think that uh, would be a different book. Yeah. Um. Like this is very much written from the perspective of a Jewish family in New York. Mm. Uh, and it's as Roth, like, right? I haven't read it in a long time, mm. but isn't the main? Isn't that like? Roth's like own family but fictionalized fictionalized version of his family like the most of the book is sort of and it's very well done the the kind of dangers of assimilation yeah as a as a tool of oppression and you know there's a lot of there's a lot of people like well you know can't get worse or like we just got to play along and like blah blah blah. and then eventually it just you know they've got a bridge too far and you can't turn back yeah Um, and then in the end when when it's revealed about the the baby and stuff for a minute, it looks like there's going to be a corrective course. The ending's a little confusing because it, at first, seems like the country's like, "Oh, we got duped. Let's let's not do this." But then there's a pushback, and there's mm-hmm. kidnappings, and the and the congressmen that didn't impeach whatever they did to remove him from office, and right, and uh, they like temporarily put FDR back into into power, or whatever. But then it, when the book ends, it isn't clear that that's. Mm successful which you know it was when i was reading it all i could think of was modern modern politics and the sort of capitulation of one of the parties <laughs> but now it's russia <laughs> yeah i mean it's essentially the same thing so um which you know it's depressing that we've just been in this cycle forever and haven't been able to break it but there are there's a bunch of moments throughout the book where he skips forward in time mm. and mentions like he mentions rfk's assassination it's like slightly different because there's no mention of JFK. Right. Um, and there's, there's a few other times where he sort of hints at the more modern era is, or contemporary era to us now, is like not that far off course. Right. But the book itself doesn't resolve that. Like it doesn't say, well, now it's fixed, which would have been a very unsatisfying ending. Right. If they had been like, well, you got duped. And then the rest of America's like, all right, we're going to stop being racist now. Right. Like that would have been, so that that didn't come to pass. So. There's this kind of left me wondering, like, what happened in those 20 years between 47 and the late 60s in 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 this timeline that was allowed to kind of swing it, swing it back or bring it closer to the to the mean. Yeah. But also interesting that the. Oh, yeah, Dave, go ahead. I was just going to ask you, Aaron, if this is on your Roth favorites list. Yeah, uh, I would say it's it's his last really, truly great book, I think. Because it came out in 2004, 2005, something like that. Yeah. Um, and the, the ones that came after that, the shorter, like, kind of little novellas, a lot of them are very good, but none of them is as good as that. That's probably the last 
really truly great work of his yeah i loved it but I, like i read it in 2005 so i need to i need to read it again um i did think about it a lot in terms of trump you know yeah uh we talked about that book it can't happen here that sinclair lewis book this when, is very similar yeah which is interesting because that book was written contemporaneously it was written in the 20s right the 30s i think of the 30s yeah and so this was written after the fact but yeah really similar i know like the you know the horrifying reality of the history it's based on like Lindbergh did run for president he was a anti-semite he ran an america first platform like all this stuff which i didn't know at the time i read it so it does sort of have that alternate history function you learn a little bit and also you sort of see the the narrative but like brick saying the the focus of the novel is the family and like mm-hmm. their their struggles in in jersey yeah it's great it's yeah it's book. a very very good book yeah definitely recommend excellent uh old nico <laughs> what you got <laughs> So kind of similar to that uh, <laughs> Sally Rooney book about when we were talking about writers writing about being writers. Yeah. Red Sea of Tranquility by Emily St. John Mandel, which was very clearly written during COVID. And, oh, really? Uh, yeah. She's the Station Eleven. Yeah, Station oh, Eleven. Gotcha. Uh, she, the, the structure of this book is a little... I don't know, lackluster. It's mm. so it's like it's a sci-fi book, time travel, and it's got these three different times that it's going through, and then it goes into the future, and then comes back through the times. And there's like a twist that is kind of makes the first half of the book like makes me wonder why it exists because huh. the twist the twist is basically like oh it wasn't actually about those three times it's about the guy from the future. And what he's doing in all those times and it's so short that it's like okay like the by the time you you get to the twist it's like okay yeah i see what's gonna happen and and there's like a it's it's very much the literary author writing a sci-fi novel mm-hmm. but then there's there's like a very long passage like one of the longest chapters is about a writer who wrote a book about a pandemic and then it got really popular and she was suddenly popular and she was like having a bad time, like, you know, going on tour. Uh, (laughs) And then a pandemic happened and then she was like even more famous. And then she was like in the midst of the pandemic with a book about a pandemic and like dealing with her fame. And it was like, okay, she's very on the nose. Yeah. It's, it's just like, this doesn't, it's like so wedged into this book. Like Mm. literally you don't even see this character again. It's just like, she's, her entire purpose is like she sees the guy from the future and then that's it right you never see her again (laughs) it's like all right well huh so i don't yeah i don't know about that one uh i read the insecure mind of sergey kryev i don't know if you guys have heard of this but apparently it's it's pretty popular it's like it's it's one of those books where it's sci-fi and it's written by a guy who was like a rocket scientist or something i think hmm. for his entire career and now he's like 50 and he wrote this this is his first and only book so far and it was really good it had a it had a very strange kind of style but pretty entertaining style hmm. and it's kind of very like early neil stevenson style like detail heavy sci-fi but the premise is pretty interesting it's like how this uh, Korean uh, K-pop star like starts a cult basically and like okay. starts just 
just stealing all these people's money and then there's but she like has a cult so like then there's people trying to deprogram some of the uh the cult followers but they don't want to be deprogrammed they're like yeah this is this is fun and right right <laughs> and then there's like implants and and like people hacking implants and and all that kind of stuff um but mostly it was about the style uh the style was kind of kept everything going and um the structure was a little a little bo- a, a little bit weird but uh but it was entertaining enough to read that i that mm. i definitely liked it um so it's kind of very vonnegut sort of yeah the and the, even like the background of the author like someone who comes from science or engineering yeah a novel yeah yeah that it kind of cuts both ways it's like it's like i believe everything i believe that his thing his like way of like the implants is possible but also i don't need to see the proof like i right. don't need to see the the technical details right. of like <laughs> x y and z and like the how the you know the problems that the guy's working on and right whatnot and then uh i also read uh counterfeit by our old friend kirsten chen oh yeah uh which is about uh these two asian women who uh make uh fake like prada bags Hmm. and then do this kind of complicated thing where they hire people to buy real bags and then they return the fake bags to the store and they sell the real bags. Gotcha. But that was really good. It's like a, it's a very good marriage of the plot with the themes of like identity and hmm. being an Asian American woman and like all that kind of expectations and breaking expectations. And it has some pretty good uh, twists and whatnot. Hmm. Nice. You know, she, uh, that's going to be a TV series. Did you guys hear this? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, I heard that. Nice. Wow. Yeah. Superb. Exactly. When's the Yak Baby TV series coming out? Hmm. <laughs> I wonder about that. Uh, It'll be on Freeverse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Spice Channel. A couple things over here. I also read The Road, uh, which we'll discuss later. But in between starting and finishing The Road, I read three other books, which <laughs> does explain a bit of my response to The Road, which we'll get more into in a later episode. First is a 33 and a third volume by Sean L. Maloney about the Modern Lovers, the first and really only album, which was great. I really loved it. I mean, I love the series. This is one of the best ones I've read in a long time. Sean Maloney is a Boston-based writer. And what makes this one really work for me is he tells the story of the band and the recording of the album alongside the story of Boston's development in the 70s and in the early 80s, both in terms of the music scene, but also like politically, socially, you know, civic engineering uh, comes up a lot. And I learned a lot of stuff I didn't know about Boston, which was great. Uh, so this doubles as a Boston history. So if you are at all invested in the area that the uh, Yakubis are headquartered in, definitely check it out. It's worth reading. Uh, it's really fun. And uh, yeah, it's short, you know, ripping read. And of course, the Modern, Album, Modern Lovers record is one of the best records ever. So it's, you know, doubles as a good take on this uh, excellent music. I also read Dashiell Hammett's novel, The Thin Man, which I never read. Uh, yeah, I love the movie, the movie series. They're some of my favorites. And uh, I had this kicking around in the shelf and I was like, yeah, I might pick this up and, and read it while I'm kind of like working through the road. I read it in about two days. Really fun. Not as funny as the movies. The movies are very effervescent and this is a bit darker in its humor. And also the plot's a lot more complicated too, but a really good mystery, good twists and turns. I do wonder how 
like you know if one of you read this if like nico read this you haven't seen the movie right nico not not that i remember yeah, yeah. so since i knew the story i knew the resolution of the mystery i was just yeah. waiting for things to fall into place like because right. i knew it was going to happen and then when things didn't quite happen the same way it was sort of interesting but i just like was it was like doing a puzzle you've already done and trying to figure out what pieces fit where again. Right. So I wonder how like someone like you would find the sto- the mystery if it would be. So I guess what I'm trying to say is like I couldn't really follow the mystery because I was like, what is happening now? Why is this coming to place? Oh, uh, because you were you remembered the movie. Yeah. So I, I wonder about the plotting of the mystery part of it. But the yeah. writing is really fun. I mean, Hammett's got a great, you know, very straightforward, yeah, you know, kind of dry style, super fun. I've I've read the book, but I don't remember. Oh, really? What happened? So oh, it'll gotcha. probably be one of those things where it's like. I, as soon as it happens like, oh yeah it's fresh again yeah yeah <laughs> the thing i'm most excited to talk about is this collection of astro city it's metro book one this is a, a new sort of omnibus collection of the astro city comic series by kurt buziek and brent e anderson with covers by alex ross astro city is a sort of long standing uh it's like a stalwart of the modern comics industry started coming out in 94 and has been kind of bounced around publishers here and there kind of on and off publication but there's, there's quite a bit of it and i always wanted to read it i got the first collection you know one of the early trade paperbacks a long time ago at a convention read, the, read it through it and then never followed up on the others for various reasons so when they put out this omnibus because there's a new series coming out i snatched it up because i definitely wanted to to get into it and it's so good the premise of astro city is it's like a superhero world told from the bystander's perspective. So you're seeing these sort of kind of traditional, uh, I don't want to say cliche, but sort of like the sort of archetypes or, or um, tropes of superhero fiction, but seen through not the heroes themselves, but the people who would be affected by those stories. So, you know, the someone who witnesses the bank robbery. It's almost like, you know, the cover of Action Comics number one is Superman lifting up a car and crashing it into a, like a wall. And there's this guy in the front, like the the bottom of the the cover with his like head in his hands, kind of like freaking out about seeing this like amazing feat of strength. It's almost like that guy is the main character of Astro City. Like what's that guy? If you saw a superhero raise a car and smash it, like how would you feel? What would that do to your life? How would it affect you? And so it goes on it's really great. I think you guys would actually really enjoy reading this. The first volume is all self-contained stories. It's six issues, and they're all sort of individual stories. There's a through line of the world and the city, but they kind of like are all almost like um, you know Twilight Zone episodes. And the second volume is about 12 issues, or at least in, the, is in this collection, and has a bit more of a continuing narrative, but it's still kind of is almost episodic in the way it's written. Lots of fun if you're a detail-oriented comic reader all-time superhero fan to pick out the references so the main character or the main hero is the samaritan obviously a superman kind of analog this character called the confessor who's definitely a batman analog but it's not as cut and dried so like you see like the fantastic four in there kind of and spider-man kind of in different ways too it's all you know sort of like throwing the ingredients in the pot and stirring around see what happens really really fun i can't recommend it enough i i can't wait for the second book to come out because i want to get more into it um but really really loved it and the last thing I read was, uh, or I'm currently reading, is The Sandman. Uh, the book one of The Sandman, this is Neil Gaiman, uh, mostly drawn by Sam Keith for this first section, a couple other art- artists in here, Kelly Jones and Malcolm Jones, too. Um, I never read the whole thing either. This is kind of a similar situation to Astro City. Always wanted to, read one or two of the early volumes, never got around to the rest of them. So now they're putting out these compendiums in conjunction with the TV show coming out on Netflix. I figured, why not? And it's lovely. You know, they're, they're fun stories. 
Um, so looking forward to getting deeper. I'm only about maybe like a third of the way through the first volume. Did you ever see the show Powerless? No. It came out like five years ago. I just trying to Vanessa Hudgens, right? Yeah. Yeah. But it's this it's a very similar idea. It's like they basically work for the as the superheroes like and supports this support staff, I yeah. guess. And like they're they have to like clean shit up and like and then there's there's alarms that'll go off in the city it's like oh there's a superhero fight like everybody has to go to the tornado shelter and (laughs) wait for them to see if they'll knock down any buildings and right yeah yeah there was a comic in the 70s maybe the 80s called damage control which was the same premise it was like you know what happens after the you know monster attack like what does the world look like and yeah same. yeah and it's apparently it was dc that produced it so yeah i was curious if it was based on that or one of the other ones yeah, I, I think it's sort of like that. a idea many people have like taken on little riffs yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. I remember that show. I'm, I heard it was good, but I never, I never watched. Yeah, it. Yeah, it was pretty good. It was, yeah. it was. I mean, it was a comedy, so right. that's a better way for that kind of a show to go. I feel like, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Astro City reminds me of that show Heroes, but if it had been done, right? <laughs> <some ways. laughs> listeners what are you reading these days tell us at twitter you can find us at yak babies you can also email us at yakbabiespodcast at gmail.com with those thoughts and suggestions recommendations whatever you got also if you want more yak babies there is more for you go to patreon.com slash yak babies we can get access to our bonus podcast for one dollar a month you can get all that bonus material there's basically like a whole you know separate podcast worth of stuff going on there including uh, you may have seen on the main feed we released a special episode. The first episode of 101 Ghost Jokes Ranked is available free on the feed. If you like that, there's more. Go get it for that dollar. And then look forward to an upcoming episode, 101 Ghost Jokes Ranked Ranked, where we rank those episodes and continue to crawl up our own ass. And then, of course, there is the merch store, tinyurl.com slash babies, where you can get all of our t-shirts, posters, and so forth designed by Brick. They're really good and worth it. Until then, Yak Babies, yakking off. The Yak Babies would like to thank all the loyal listeners, and especially their patrons, both past and present, including Michael, Bonnie, Sebastian, David, Roger, Kathleen, Bailey, Andrew, Gilbert, and William Howard Taft. Oh.